Hello, Video Game Mythos fans. Welcome to Video Game Mythos episode 19. My name is Ryan, and today is a special day for me because one of our fans, one of our viewers, one of our listeners submitted an idea for a video game that I just couldn't back away from. I'll have that effect every time somebody suggests any character or any certain dynamic in a game that's called Halo. So there's that. It's kind of my favorite. Ever. Like, I get like a giddy schoolgirl the night before I marry Santa when I think about Halo. I actually hooked up my Xbox recently and paid for a month of Xbox Live and started playing Halo. Okay, I digress. But it's awesome. And I've had multiple 12-year-olds send me private messages over Xbox Live telling me how much of a 40-year-old lifeless virgin that I am and that I play this game way too much when really I haven't played it for years. In this episode, we're going to be looking specifically at Master Chief and the artificial intelligence that chose Master Chief named Cortana and the relationship between them. So get ready to fly like a brick and get on this ship because we're about to make a slip space rupture. Welcome to the second Video Game Mythos episode where we cover Halo. I'm in love. I'd mentioned that today was a special day. And it is for me because I get to cover my favorite game. There's multiple reasons that it's my favorite game. I don't just say that because I love the multiplayer. I don't just say that because I love the multiplayer or because I love the multiplayer. That's not just the reason at all. I think I'm so passionate about Halo because of a combination of reasons, most of which is seated in just my overall experience of the game, of the universe. And half of it goes back to when Halo first came out. You know, broadband internet wasn't as 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 popular and as widespread as it is today so you know kids that were playing this game back in the day me um didn't have the the freedom of immediately playing it for multiplayer we didn't buy the game for multiplayer specifically like a lot of games these days are bought specifically for and what that means is that usually you'll find more entertainment in the science fictional and in the storytelling efforts that the game presents. You know, that's the only place that you have to look for entertainment, so you're gonna look harder at those things. And that's exactly how Halo revealed itself to me. Not only having an amazing sandbox, an amazing physics engine, and facilitated the ability to kind of grow your skills and your palette of of things that you know how to do within the engine, it also facilitated that storytelling environment. So today I'm going to harken back to kind of what Halo is all about, which is Master Chief. Master Chief and what could be arguably considered his love interest, Cortana which was the suggestion made for me today for this episode of Video Game Mythos is Cortana. So I'm going to go straight into this. Master Chief is a Spartan. Spartans had their entire program in the UNSC called the Spartan 2 program, originally called the Orion Project. But Spartans were basically like mechanically and biologically engineered creations. They were like an augmentation of what you are as a human, and placed into a mechanical suit. And I'm not sure if you know much about the source of the Spartans, but it's it's almost morbid and a little bit diabolical 
Because if we go harken back into the past, I love that word, by the way, harken. Michael uses it all the time, almost like he uses traverse, and that is awesome. I love both of those words. I'm going to harken back and traverse all over his past word usage, just like I just did. And now we're going to move on. Despite the tremendous risk and unethical means of creating new soldiers, the Spartan II program got the green light by the top brass of the official Office of Naval Intelligence. They concluded that the lives would be saved far outweighed the risks that were involved or any sort of moral gray area that, that, that would be insinuated with this project. But the Spartan program back in the past would train small children between the ages of like six and 10. And as they were being trained, this is more like not physical training. This is like mental and emotional development. It kind of numbed their senses from an emotional perspective, how a, how a standard military warrior wants to be, you know, you don't want to be thinking about your wife and kids as you're charging into battle. So they harden them emotionally and they prepare them intellectually to be thinking about things critically and strategically, how you want a military person, a military actor to, to be when you're in the heat of the moment. And you don't, you don't want to get that f fight or flight sensation. You want to have that grounded, um, I know what to do and I'm going to do it, decisive uh, sense of, of moving forward. And that's what the Spartan program is designed to engineer. Uh, so it would it would start from the roots of what is a human. You know, if we look at it in our military, there's a lot of psychological tests and lie detectors and that sort of thing that go into determining if you meet the framework that could be considered a person of benefit for the military. Well, rather than going through all that and just hoping that the person's right or hoping that your testing methods are good, by facilitating that child throughout its life to have that mindset, it also grew exceptional in its physical attributes. So it wasn't just about just the intellectual and the mental state of it. The mental state of it is the priority. But once you develop a child in that way, their theory behind the entire Spartan program or the Orion project is that once you do that, the child will naturally grow in a physical way because it facilitates the mindset that supports those sort of foundations for that individual. But once they got to a certain age, um, they narrowed the candidates down of the children that they were raised and taught in the art of warfare and military values um, that, that once they chose them, then they created a soldier out of them. They put them in these very expensive, highly configured suits that were designed to make them stronger, make them more resilient, give them space travel capabilities, let them jump and hop and shoot more accurately. Pretty much everything, it augmented their physical abilities even more, basically creating a super soldier. So from a foundation of a video game, that's a great concept because you want the player to be in a position of power. But also from a storytelling perspective, having some actual reasons as to why your person's more powerful than the average Joe it gives a good reason and it motivates you to look into the past, the lore of the game to kind of see why your person's more powerful and it gives it justice and explorability of the story behind this. So let's harken back to the story behind the, the Spartan project and find out a little bit more about the selection process and, and how this came about. It's so knowing everything that's involved, you know, you have to train these these children for years, eventually put them into a suit that costs hundreds of thousands, if not millions or hundreds of millions of dollars. And knowing all the costs that are involved, they were still approved funding for 300 candidates. 
the Office of Naval Intelligence reduced that number by at least half before actually recruiting for the program. And the final number that came through was about 75. So these Oni recruiters would go out and kidnap 75 children, bring them in, and basically hold them hostage from the ages of five to six until they're trained enough for the art of war. So these are children that were once, you know, in a family. They had a place in the world and now they're only there for war. That's what a Spartan is. That's what you've always played as in Halo. So now that you understand what that's about, let's take a look at Cortana, who is an artificial intelligence. Within the UNSC, I'm sorry, I really like to say the acronyms out loud. That way they make more phonetic sense to people. If you're not familiar with these terms or with these stories, the UNSC is the United Nations Space Command. It's basically all the nations of Earth um, in this era have united together and they have formed a space command where they are able to travel interstellarly and it's pretty badass. But the UNSC has a, an entire division of what they call AI or smart artificial intelligence. Um, they have no limitation in their dynamic memory processor matrix, which means that they can not only be taught a vast wealth of information, but they can learn and comprehend from their surroundings, unlike a dumb AI who can only learn one topic or m remain linear in one task, even though it may seem like an artificial intelligence because it's intelligent in the fact that it can complete a dynamic task. Uh, smart AIs are very, very much human-like. In fact, some of the more advanced AIs, including Cortana, were actually modeled off of the human brain. And uh, that's a wrong word. They weren't just modeled after the human brain. Like, right now, we can take a computer, we can take the hard drive out of that computer, and we can create an image of that hard drive. And then we can take that image and we can put that image on, the, on another hard drive, and that way we would have two exact copies of the same hard drive. Something very similar was done with Cortana, which is how she was created. In Halo Reach, you meet uh, a character by the name of Dr. Halsey. Uh, Cortana was created by Dr. Halsey and is an image of Dr. Halsey's brain. So the mappings of Dr. Halsey's personal brain is very much influencing not only the voice that Cortana uses, not only the image or what they call the avatar, the outward expression of what an AI looks like. Cortana's avatar is also modeled after Dr. Halsey and her, her personality, her and, and, and don't get me wrong, smart AIs can learn and adapt and comprehend new things from their surroundings, including emotion, although they are extremely good at not letting it get in the way. And I think if you were a Halo fan or if you've ever played one of the Halo games, you can kind of attest to the fact that there's certain times within the campaign that you definitely feel an emotional situation coming about. And Cortana even responds to things in a certain emotional way, like if there is a plane flying at you, get down! or don't you realize there's two of us in here now? And she says things like that when she was actually a part of Master Chief's exosuit. So without going into excruciating detail about exactly how AIs came about, not only from like a technological perspective, but also from like a utilization, like how they are utilized within the UNSC, let's just talk about some high level generalizations about smart AIs, specifically Cortana, and kind of how she came about to be with Spartan 117, Master Chief, John Smith. And it, it, it goes back to the fact that the UNSC, um, as they were developing smart AIs for military use, um, Cortana was modeled after 
probably one of arguably one of the best scientists that the UNSC had, Dr. Halsey. And because of that, they let Cortana choose which Spartan that she would be teamed up with. So after looking at all the Spartans that were actively being used in the military uh, in space combat, Cortana ended up actually choosing John as her Spartan. And um, during the dialogue in one of the campaigns, she explains why she chose him. And things do get a lot more emotional in the later Halos. And it kind of sets a new precedence because not only are these two both extremely resourceful and extremely useful for the military, but they also become kind of a little bit of a team. And they grow a bond that you don't expect between a... Uh, a mechanical biological hybrid of a super warrior and an artificial intelligence because they're both so much different than the average human i think that's why you see more of a connection between them and it also the differences aren't what make them uh, mutually exclusive from humans it's just the fact that they're both capable of human understanding and human thought and they both have that get it done mindset and you know cortana she grows in her resourcefulness being able to hack into uh covenant battleships as master chief is trying to to infiltrate or you know being utilized in unique ways like that and that really sets a whole new landscape for how the game can progress dynamically and because of cortana and her abilities it allows Master Chief to capitalize in certain ways. And because of Master Chief's abilities, it allows Cortana to capitalize in certain ways. One of the things about AIs that we've yet to discuss is something called rampancy. And it happens to all AIs after a certain amount of time, usually between seven or eight years, the AIs themselves are constantly learning, constantly growing. Their repository of information is always accessible. So after this amount of time, the information input becomes kind of at an overload state and onset of rampancy starts to show its signs. What rampancy really is, is if you're in a constant state of maximizing your data access and, and correlating different events in order to, to make decisions, and let's just think about it, Cortana, by herself can pilot one of the largest UNSC vessels. She has piloted. She was the pilot of the Pillar of Autumn at the time, not only controlling every single subsystem on this gigantic ship single-handedly, she's also having a conversation with multiple members of its crew. So it's important to understand how much information AIs genuinely are capable of processing. So when rampancy starts to onset, they begin to kind of drown in their own thought. You know, they, there's so much information there, it makes them literally think themselves to death. And that's a really weighted thought. And, you know, AIs are aware of all data that they've been in contact with. So the thought with this entire episode comes down to a single one-liner. Using all this data that we've learned about Spartans, using all this data that we know about AI and about Cortana specifically, it comes down to this one final fact. Cortana chose Master Chief because he's lucky. Cortana knows that she's going to die. But what if the luck of one single brave Spartan can stop this AI from passing away?
I want your feedback, Reddit. I'm going to post this on the Halo subreddit. And if you're listening to me right now, then I want to know how well I just covered Halo. Is it accurate? Is it truthful with the Halo lore? I, unlike many of you, have not read all of the books. There are things that I don't know. I don't act like I know everything. I want your feedback on how well I covered my favorite game. And I really hope that you all can point out some opportunities that allow me to discover more about something that I'm so passionate about. In our defense, in every Video Game Mythos episode, we try to may even maybe even make some theories. Sometimes they don't have to be genuine canon lore of a video game. And that's exactly where I'm going at with my theory of Cortana picking Master Chief for that one reason. I would like to know if there is any references in any Halo books that correlate to this. And if there is, please let me know. You can message me at my 13 Palm Trees email. It's ryan at 13palmtrees.com. You can email me there. You can hit us up on any of our social media outlets at Video Game Mythos Twitter, Video Game Mythos Facebook, any of those. Just message us. Tell us how we did. Let us know what we can do better. And I want to thank you for listening to Video Game Mythos.